0: Welcome to Third Man in the Ring. First of all, I want to tell you guys, please get on YouTube, subscribe, tell your friends to subscribe. We have a great guest today. Good friend of mine, Tom Taylor. He's been all over the world. He's had great fights. You've probably seen him in a Javante Davis fight, uh, Barrios fight. He, even though he's been a referee less years than myself, he's actually one of my mentors. He's one of our trainers. But right now, I want to sit down with, with Tom, and you guys could hear how he got in the sport, what he does. But right now, Tom Taylor. Come on in, Tom. Thank you for coming on, brother. Absolutely, Thank brother. you, bro. Absolutely, man. Sit down, man. Enjoy your let's, – sure. let's talk. Let's talk. First of all, I know you guys are probably saying, you know, we look alike in the body. Hey, what could I say, man? But uh, Tom does his own working out. But, man, he looks sharp, don't he? So Tom, tell me, um, how did you, uh, where'd you grow up at?
1: So originally, I'm from Wisconsin. Oh, okay. I uh, grew up, I'm one of eight kids. Uh, father and mother were married 60 plus years until my father just passed away a few years ago. My mom's still alive, she's 88, but grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, again, one of eight kids. Uh, mother was a waitress, my, uh, my, as long as I've known her, she was a waitress until she retired. And my father was a machine repairman for Johnson's Controls for 40 plus years. And, Grew up middle class, barely middle class, and just, uh, yeah, had a great family, had a great childhood.
0: And you're a twin, aren't you? I have a twin Tom's sister,
1: 12 minutes older. Tom's a twin. So I'm actually 12 minutes older than my, my There you go, sister. he's older, though. Yeah. It, yeah, it paid off.
0: That's right, yeah, that's right. Yeah, definitely.
1: But, uh, but growing up, you know, I played sports. Um, you know, in, in high school, it was uh, three sports. It was football, uh, wrestling, and then baseball in the spring. But uh, I always loved boxing, and I, my family could never understand where that boxing, where that love of boxing came from. But when I was a kid, about eight, nine years old, I had a very good friend of mine I hung out with all the time, and his father belonged to a um, athletic club in downtown Milwaukee. And it was called the Milwaukee Athletic Club. And they would have boxing there every once in a while, live professional boxing. Never seen it before, and he called me one day and said, hey, my dad's you know, we're gonna go down to the sports club and go swimming and stuff. It was in the winter time, so indoor swimming was, okay, that's gonna be great. So I went down and, and walked past the gymnasium and saw a live boxing event going on, and I asked him if we could get in. And we went in and watched a couple, and I was, I was just astonished, absolutely, huh? I was like, wow, yeah. this is the coolest thing ever. So, you know, I'm 52, so back, back when I was a kid. Excuse me, and mind you
0: guys, today's the 14th of January, Tom's birthday was yesterday yesterday Friday the 13th happy birthday Tom (laughs) thank you brother thank
1: you man but I saw that boxing uh, back you know when we were younger they they played free boxing on on network tv and I'd always make it a point to go in and watch that and again my family could never understood where where that love for boxing came from but it just I I just have always had it so Uh, fast forward you know in 1994 I moved out to California and what Um, made you move out here you know, the weather, and I can't get it, it can't be any more simple. You know, I was 23 years old. The last winter I spent in Wisconsin, it was 13 below zero for a week straight. And I knew at 23, this is not how I want to live my life. So, uh, made the decision. My twin sister had moved to California prior to me, uh, four years earlier. So I'd been out to visit a few times and just knew it was a great, great opportunity to come out. There's a lot of opportunities out here. So I moved yeah, out yeah, here, lived with her for a couple of months and then, uh, Moved out and got my own place. and But during that time, again, just always loved boxing. When, when there were big fights on, I'd have fight parties at the house. We'd have, you know, I'd have people over, and cater food, or else I'd grill a bunch of food and we'd watch the big fights. And then it got to a point where I'm like, God, I really want to get into this. I bought season tickets to get Friday in, night get fights. Get
0: into what, uh, as far into as Into officiating. I really officiating. wanted to,
1: I knew I didn't, I, I love the sport, Certainly didn't want to get punched in the face, so yeah, I figured yeah. what's the next next best thing?
0: It's too handsome to let's, get let's, punched uh, in the face.
1: Right? <laughs> I don't know about that one. But uh let's let's be an official. Let's let's see what it takes to be a referee or a judge or some capacity in the boxing uh, world. I just I love the sport. So in the meantime, I bought season tickets for um Friday night fights when they used to have them at the old Arrowhead Pond. Oh yeah, yeah. So I had front row seats and uh and every time I went to one of those events, I tried talking to one of the referees. Hey, how do you become a referee? How do you do this? And nobody wanted to help me. I'll tell you, nobody. And I'm like, okay, looks like I'm gonna have to try to do this on my own. Yeah. yeah. You know. So, uh, it, it, Ray, it, and I don't know if I've ever really told you the story, but I'm in the gym one day working out, and there's this older gentleman by the name of, um, his last name is Kennedy. Uh, I don't see him anymore. Anyway. He hasn't been around in a long. But he used to wear those, remember those old boxing uh, trunks that were real wide and came down to the top of the knees and then those leather boots that laced all the way up. He'd wear those to the gym. All right. And he had this real thick German accent. Oh, his name's Tony Kennedy. Uh, used to be a pro. I said, Tony, you used to box. He goes, yeah, yeah." I go, I've been trying to figure out how to become a referee for the longest time. And nobody in Sacramento returns my calls. You know, I, I have season tickets. No referee will want to talk to me about it. And he literally said, and excuse my French, he said, fuck that wrote down a number and said, call this guy. And guess who it was? Dean Loheis. Wow. Chief Athletic Inspector at the time. Yeah, yeah, Dean. So I called Dean, and uh, Dean misunderstood my conversation with him. He thought I was an established referee already, and I said, you know, I I'm, I'm, you know, was looking forward to, to any clinics that you might have, and he says, as a matter of fact, we got a clinic coming up at the Doubletree in Orange, and this was in 2009, I'm sorry, 2007. 2007. So I show up to the, two weeks later, I'm like, this is a hot lead. I can't wait. This is going to be great. I show up and it's every professional referee I've ever seen on TV. Every judge I've ever heard their names. And I show up to this clinic. Where was I at?
2: You
1: were there. I remember seeing you there. Absolutely. And uh, I show up to this clinic and I see all these people that I've seen on TV, their names I've heard, and they split the groups up. So the judges went into one referees went into another convention center. And I walked in and there was not a seat in the house except for all the way in the front. I walked up to the front and I looked over and there was one seat in the middle open and the gentleman sitting next to that seat was David Mendoza. Oh, okay. And I looked at David. May you rest in peace. May he rest in peace, rest in peace? yes. Um, I looked over and I asked him, "Is anybody, I said, first I said, you're David Mendoza, aren't you? And he said, yes, I am. He goes, do we know each other? I said, no. I said, is anybody sitting there? He goes, no, have a seat. I sat next to David and he said, uh, so what state are you uh, licensed with? I said, I'm not, I'm trying to figure out how to become a referee. he goes, you're not supposed to be here. He goes, but you know what? Sit yeah. here. And, and I ended up sitting and props there. props to David. For oh, that, props you know? for David. He could have very easily said, hey, Easy. take a hike, you can't be in here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, for the next two straight days, David saved a seat with, for me right next to him. And I took notes of everything David said that day. And he's the one who actually got me into the amateurs. Uh, in fact, uh, my first show ever was a small show out at uh, at VFW out in Pomona, I believe it was, and I was a timekeeper. So he introduced me to the amateurs, and then, again, God rest his soul, he took a liking to me. Yeah. We became not only my first mentor, but an extremely close friend of mine. Got very close with him and his family, his daughter, uh, his wife Terry, his daughter Natalie, and his son Gabe, and uh, he He's, was he a very-
0: a, He did a couple big fights, too, as uh, well. He started, yeah,
1: he did some big fights. But uh, he'd mentor me uh, to a certain level, and then, uh, by the grace of God, I, I, I got into the, to the pros um, and met, uh, met some additional mentors in Jack Reese and uh, Pat Russell. And, you know, David gave me this amazing foundation. And then Pat Russ, between Pat Russell and, and Jack Reese, they, they took me to another level. You know, it's, no, it's yeah, yeah. you know took me here. And then these guys really made me understand, you know, the philosophy. So behind how many years you've been a pro now? Uh, I mean, my 13th. 13.
0: And, and, and you know what? I'm not blowing smoke. I've been in since 98. He's been in 13 years. Tom is, he's right here, man. And, and I don't just say that to, you know what I mean? A lot of guys that make it here, they tend to, I'm not going to say no name, they tend to like, I ain't got nothing for you, but you know, I appreciate it. This guy will come out and he'll tell me, Ray, what could you have done better? Or Ray, could I have done anything better? And that says a lot about his officiating. And this, this is again, I, I'm not a hater. When I see Tom in the ring doing big fights, I've always told our, our officials, you shine, I shine. I, I was
1: just gonna bring that up, Ray, I, he, I tell you,
0: He looks bad, I look bad. But again, Tom will go in there and get out and still come up to me, even another official. What could I have done better? And you know what, that's what's awesome about this group of of offici- officials that will help each other. We, again, you shine, I shine, you know, and I appreciate you. You know, Ray, that's one of the first things
1: I remember about you, is the first decent size event I did. I mean, there's your clubs, uh, club level shows, but a decent show that we did where we were actually gonna be on TV, and it was one of my first ones, and you, that was the first thing you said, man. He's, you know, you came up to me, everybody else, you know, there's, some, there's a lot of haters in this business, you oh. know, and they wanna see people fail. And you came up to me and you wished me good luck, and you said, listen, you shine, I shine go do your thing go do you know what you know and you're right we've got a group and I'm not saying everybody but there's a handful of guys like you Jack Pat you know Max DeLuca uh, you know a few other guys that we know we can step out of that ring and I can come to you and say Ray what should I have done different or better and you'll get that 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 feedback that honest feedback where it's hey you're my buddy but I'm not going to sugarcoat shit that's right I tell you when you let me tell
0: you it could be a little rough man (laughs) (laughs) but but you know what You walk away saying to yourself, you're right. I I could have done that. And then next time you remember, I remember Tom told me this, or I remember what Jack said. And and you know what? That's what's gonna make you better. Once you start thinking, and again, I'm thinking you'll agree with me, Tom. Once you start thinking, you can't tell me how to be a referee. You can't tell me how to judge. You're lost, bro. Yes, that's- That's, that's, that's when, a
1: dangerous- one, one, one thing about this sport, and you know it better than anybody, and, and so do I, this sport will humble you in a second. In a second. And I'll tell you, when something happens in that ring, I don't care how many friends you got, you feel like you're on an island all by yourself. That's right. And that's you've got right. nothing but sharks swimming around that island and you're trying to swim to shore, and you're going, oh,
0: shit. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it could be a very lonely place, um, but- uh, So Tom, let, let, let me ask you, yeah. these, these big fights, uh, let me ask you, how does it feel to be in there with, with Davis? I'll tell you this, and, and, and I'll give Davis credit.
1: Um, the first big fight I ever done for Davis, I was asked to go to Atlanta, and it was uh, Davis against uh, Mario Barrios. Which was a great fight. Oh, great fight, Phenomenal fight. Just great fight. Great atmosphere. The people in Atlanta, just great sports fans. And that whole arena, just everything was real electric. The promotion behind it all just is it, it one of the most fun events I'd ever been to and been part of. And then to be part of that main event was just, it's it's beyond belief but but besides then going back to your question you know the first world title fight I ever did I reached out to Pat Russell I reached out to Jack I reached I think I even talked to you Ray but I said what can I expect or what what should I do on this first fight and I remember it was it was at StubHub Center and I remember Pat Russell told me something he said get in that ring take a deep breath and just take a look around and take in everything and you know what, I've done that with every big fight and, and I do it with most fights and most cards anyway, but on the big ones I always get in there, and I take a look around before Jimmy makes his announcements or before yeah. any of the announcers make their announcements. I take a look around and go, how lucky am I to be doing what I'm doing here.
0: And, and on another note, Tom, how do you feel when, when you heard Jimmy Lennon saying, and the third man in the ring, Tom Taylor? Huh? It's, Isn't that an it's, awesome You know feeling? what, it's...
1: Yeah, you know, cool. if you'd have told me 15 years ago that Jimmy Lennon Jr. would even know my name, yeah. that I would know Ray Corona, or I would know Jack Reese, or I'd know some of these guys, or hell, I'm doing some of the biggest fights now in the world between, you know, Even after we pass, they'll still be. It's, that's history, man, that, that that nothing can embrace that. So it's I feel
0: very, very blessed, very blessed. But Davis, going back to Davis, yeah. I mean, we could talk, we'll be honest, we can't talk about fights coming up, but we could talk about the fights that pass. Absolutely. Just to keep us safe from controversy, that's why. You know what I mean? I mean, I know Tom, like I said in my last podcast, we wouldn't sell our career for nothing, or any fighter, or any promoter, or whatever any uh, fan wants to accuse us of. This is an awesome job, we're blessed, but, but we can only talk about the past fights, you know? Yeah. But um, Davis, his footwork is ridiculous i'll I'll tell you guys
1: he is nicknamed tank for a reason i cannot believe how much power this guy can generate in that size of a body um you know when i got to the arena there he has a very big entourage yeah but i'll tell you this
0: true it is they say everywhere he goes he sells out oh it's unbelievable Ray. it's
1: unbelievable and the funny thing is is you know, his fight, and I'll jump forward to another fight I did of his here at Staples Center. That's right, that's It was right. him and Esau Cruz. Now that's one of my favorite fights I've ever done because that was one of the most competitive, unbelievable fights I've ever done. And he didn't stop Cruz, No, though. he didn't stop Cruz, but oh. I'll tell you this, it was the largest gate Staples Center had yeah. ever seen. Yeah, uh, I did the undercard on that one, yeah. yeah. But he uh, he is a, he's a true professional. I walked into that, you know, they have, you know, the weigh-ins, it was great. Big publicity and all that kind of crap and entourage everywhere. And I went to his corner man, Calvin, who's, you know, the guy's loud, boisterous, but he's all business as well. And I said, Calvin, I understand you guys got your entourage. You guys got to do your thing. But please, when you see me walk in that locker room tomorrow to do pre-fight instructions, I'm going to need your help. I need everyone silent. And I'll tell you, Ray, I walked in there, dead silence. He calmed everybody down. That says a lot about him. You had uh, Gervonta on the ground stretching. He stood up. Incredibly respectful, you know. People warned me this can be the toughest fight of your career. This can be tough because it, his fights get crazy. The you know both guys get crazy. There's a lot of fouls. There's a lot of this. And you know how I preach pre-fight instructions, right? Yeah. Now. I take my yeah. pre-fight we'll instructions get to that right very, now. Yeah. very serious. But uh, he stood up, introduced myself again because uh, obviously we'd met at the weigh-ins prior. Introduced myself, and he sat there, and it was yes sir, no sir, yes sir. We had a great understanding, and we had a fantastic fight. And it was. Uh, I was. Very it was a, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure and fight. honor to be part of that fight.
0: Yes, very. So, since you brought it up, what's the what's what's your instructions prior to the fight when you go in there? What's it all about, in your opinion? My opinion is, and, and I got
1: criticized a lot by some of the uh, elder statesmen, so to speak, early on. And the criticism I got. Can I push the button on that one? Statesman. (laughs) (laughs) I knew I probably went way over your head with that one.
0: Push it, bro. I'll get you a thesaurus afterwards and
1: you can start looking up some of these words. But uh, uh, some of the older referees and and judges, you know, and I'll name some names, Marty Dankin and a couple others, nice guys, and they always wanted everyone to be the best and I'd get quizzed all the time. But Marty's biggest criticism of me was, I hear that your pre-fight instructions are too strict. And I got to tell you, Ray, I told Marty, I'll never change yeah. because that's the only time we get to establish, and I, I hate to say the word control. Uh, we're not trying to control anybody. We're trying to manage yeah. expectations. We're trying to manage what's going to happen in that ring that night and what I can expect from the fighter or what I expect from him, what he or she can expect from me and I do, it, you know, and on a championship level, you don't got to go through rules and regulations no, exactly. and all that. These He's, guys have been around, these females yeah. have been around for a long, they know. So it's, you know, how to, you know, react, you know, if you guys are holding and, and the kind of command I'm going to give you to try to get you to break and break clean. Um, ideally, I don't want to have to get in between, you have to separate all the time. I'd love for them to be able
0: to work out of it on their own. And, and to toot my horn, that's where I get that from. When I see Tom there, work out of it. So you know what? I'm very vocal on that. Work out of it. I don't even have to touch him. And I notice Tom's the same way. Yeah. He's not touching him. The, I mean, agree with me, Tom, but the best compliment you can give to a referee is who did that fight? Yeah, didn't even know you were... You did that fight? Yeah. That's you a beautiful that compliment. That or means or number you <laughs> watch the show and say, wow, that was Tom that did that yeah. fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and that says a lot because not gay guys, but He's easy on the eyes, obviously. You know, the ladies always say it.
1: Okay, he's not gay anymore.
0: Uh, Not gay anymore, that's right, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know what I mean? And and that's the best thing when you tell somebody, you did that fight? You know what, that's when you can go and say, you know what, that fight, that particular fight, I did well because I didn't get involved, you know? And a lot of times, especially these, these littler guys, they want to work inside and if you break them right, right away, you're, you're taking, still, yeah. You're, you're taking, taking their you're game away from them. You're taking I mean, their, their Some away. guys, I think, just break too much, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, and I just... Don't look over my right shoulder. Yeah, don't look yeah. over,
0: you know what I mean? And they just, all <laughs> oh, break. You know, like, yeah. come on, man. You gotta,
1: you gotta let these guys work. And, That's and right. you know what? They put in the, the work, that their training camp, the time away from their families. They sacrifice a lot. Their game plan is to get inside, especially when you take a taller fighter against a shorter fighter, and if a shorter fighter finally gets on the inside, and then you're going to break them right away, and you're going to take that, I mean, it took them, took them three, four punches to, to, to get in there, so we got to let these guys, you know, work out of it, and, and the less we can be involved, the more people aren't there to watch us, Ray. Yeah. Um, you know, they're there to see the fighters, and, and the more we can stay uninvolved, and let these guys just, you know, I, I say we manage the chaos. You know, we, we, you we manage the chaos, and make sure the rules and regulations are followed, and nobody's taking unnecessary damage. But guess what? Even the winner's going to get hurt, and that's just the sport that we've chosen to be part of, and that they've chosen to earn a living in. So we got to respect that.
0: So, uh, what 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 other fights come to your mind where you say like, wow? Because because mind you guys, uh, and this is no disrespect to the club fighters. I sure. mean, these guys come out four rounders. They they give everything. They're not worried about money. But from that to these mega fights that you've done. What, what, what fights stand out where you're like, wow, this guy's skilled, you know what I mean? You know,
1: um, Deontay Wilder against uh, Sergei um, Lukovic, Deontay knocked him out in the first round and he hit him so hard, Sergei hit the ground and was in convulsions. And that's when I was like, my God, this man, this yeah. man has a, a right hand like no other. But as far as some of my favorite ones I've been part of, you know, the first super mega fight that I think I was really part of was Chocolito Gonzalez against Quadris. And that yeah. fight, uh, Chocolito, yeah, real go quick, ahead. Tom,
0: I, I'm sorry guys, but some of these, these fights have uh, rights to it, so we can't actually show it on the YouTube channel, but we could show it on uh, TikTok and Instagram. But yeah, I remember Copyright that fight. Copyright my ass, I'll yeah, talk about it all right. day long. That's right.
1: <laughs> but uh, that fight that fight was just insane. That's, Chocolito was going for his fourth that was here at the Staples, no? That was at uh, was it Staples or was it at Honda Center? I can't remember which one it was. Yeah. But um, he was going for his fourth uh, title in a fourth different division. No Nicaraguan had ever done it. And uh, between the two fighters in 12 rounds, they threw 19, almost 2,000 punches and nonstop action. It was uh, a, a rough, brutal fight. It was an fight, unbelievable huh? fight. Yeah. But then you go back to Davis and, and, and Barrios or Davis and... And uh, Cruz, I mean, that Davis-Cruz fight was one of my favorites I was part of. Yeah, yeah. But so uh, I'll tell you, real quick. And, yeah. and, and, and uh, not to you know, toot the old horn like you say, but I'm actually in the Guinness Book of World Records as the referee for the most punches thrown in a 10-round fight. And it was Rooster against... Um, ah, I should have had that pulled up. Oh. Ro- uh, you know who Rooster? Talking about club fighters, right? We're talking about a small... Yeah. Not a small show, it was still a Fantasy Springs, but uh, you know, not a big world title fight, but talk about a fun fight. These guys, as soon as that bell would ring, one went right to the other side and kept them on the ropes and they were just battling the shit out of each other. I think I remember that. And in a that. 10 round fight, they threw over 3,200 punches. So that one's actually in the Guinness Book of World Records and you know, luckily I'm in there as, a, as the referee. Wow, so
0: is the rooster still fighting? Uh, I don't think so. I haven't seen so. him in a while. I haven't seen him in a long yeah. time. Yeah.
1: I think he, uh, he's just tending to the hen
0: house. Huh. <laughs> Oh, that was a good one. So, where where, where have you been uh, in the world, in some of these places that, oh. you, that we actually get paid to go? I mean, aren't we blessed? I mean, so,
1: some of these places that you and I would be like, there's no way in hell we're ever gonna go there. But, you know, to, to do you know uh, a title fight in Russia was amazing. I've never been to Moscow in my life. And quite honestly, I, I don't know if that was like on my bucket list to go to Moscow, because yeah. typically I'm a tropical weather kind of person. So, but uh, I've been to Moscow. Uh, Bangkok, Tokyo a number of times, uh, Australia, uh, Germany, uh, all over Mexico, and and, you know, my favorite place is Mexico. I I love the culture, I love the people, I love the food, and then it's just, there's so many beautiful places down there, but my favorite, favorite place is probably Mexico City, Uh, just the the history behind it, and you know, I I was lucky enough to do uh, that fight with a buddy of mine, Max DeLuca was, was a referee, I mean, I'm sorry, was a judge, and he and I took a day, and we went out exploring And just to go into some of those old churches and old the the old architect down there, architecture down there, and just the history of just Mexico City alone—it's just yeah, it's beautiful beautiful. down there. Yeah.
0: So, so tell me, um, before you get into a big fight, you know, like let's just say the boss told you, hey, you got a world title fight coming next week. What's your game plan? How do you get prepared for your? You know, Ray, it's a great question. But the world title fight and the club
1: show, I do the same exact thing. I just I I've, I've Going back to my, my first mentor. And that's
0: going to be a check for the <laughs> boss to say, okay, you know
1: what I mean? That's uh, going back to my original mentor, David Mendoza. You know, when I got into the pros, uh, he said, you know, he, he gave me some guidelines. You know, you got to, don't do anything that day. Don't tell your buddy, hey, I'll help you move a refrigerator in the morning. You got to fight in the afternoon. You know, um, you know, have a light meal. And the first event I ever did, I literally got to the event three hours early because I was so excited and I was, there was nobody there yet. So he, he always told me to get a light meal. So I went out and I got a BLT on white bread, no toast, fries, and a Diet Coke. Had a fantastic event. And he, and he has a body like that and I'm had, dieting had, all
0: day had, long. What's up? What's, a, what
1: am I doing wrong? Had a great event. My first event, I had to stop two fights and I, and I the other one went He's to This is a pro show or Brand, first pro show. Oh, okay. And Pat Russell was the mentor that night, was a lead uh, head official, oh, he was Did a senior.
0: Real quick, did yeah. Dave actually see you turn pro? Oh yeah, yeah. All Dave right. went to quite a yeah. few of my
1: fights and we shared a lot of stuff. Well, I know we
0: went to his funeral and you, you kind of, is that the word, orchestrated all of us to go, you know? Yeah, but I, I know.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah I just, so he got
0: to see you. So um, he got to see me a lot. Awesome.
1: And awesome. I'll, I'll tell you another story about that, that, that just absolutely melted my heart that his wife called me and told me after his funeral. But, um, but going back to the, you know, the day of, everybody in my circle knows, don't call me. Don't bother me. Don't ask me to do anything for you that day. And I, and I hate to sound like it, but much like the fighters where you gotta be selfish, as officials, we got, I'm selfish that day. Don't call me to ask me to do anything. I'm not gonna take you anywhere. I'm not gonna pick you up from anywhere. I get up in the morning, I still have to do a workout. It's part of my daily routine, but I'll never do a leg workout that day. And I always go light on everything just not to get any injuries. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'll eat a decent breakfast. I have to do my BLT, uh, you know, I've done it that that first event i did my blt fries and a diet coke and ever since then i've always done it and it's just to me it's superstitious but it's what i do and then i always get to the arena you know if our call time is two o'clock i'll be there at noon i gotta be in that setting you know my mind you know it, it gets me into the mood i gotta walk around the arena i just you see me right i don't sit still too often i gotta keep walking around that arena it gets it gets in your blood it gets well, you going
0: with that said it's because those four-rounders deserve as much as the 12-rounders, the title fights. Right, the
1: the worst thing I've heard a referee say is, oh, I'm only doing a club show or, oh, I've only got a four-rounder. And I've literally said to him, do you realize that four-rounder debut, he's got probably 40 or 50 of his buddies, friends, family in the crowd. This is his WBC World Championship fight tonight. That's right. You've got to treat it that way, just like you are a Gervonta Davis fight or a or a Tyson Fury fight, I mean, it's important to him, and and him or her, and it's their debut, so you gotta treat them all the same and give them all the same respect, in my opinion.
0: Hey guys, we're just gonna take a moment for our sponsors. We appreciate you. And again, if you wanna uh, come on and sponsor me, send me an email at thirdmanintheringpodcast at gmail.com. Again, we
2: wanna thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, We do want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors. A shout out to our friends at Preferred Services. If you or anybody you know is in need of legal services, um, check out their Google page at Preferred Services. If you need help with any, whether it be civil, family, even criminal, these are your go-to guys. They can help you with Family Matters, they can help you with uh, divorces, child custodies, you've been involved in an accident or an injury, these are your go-to guys. So again, check out their Google page at Preferred Services. They've been in the business for over 35 years. They offer free consultations. If needed, they will come to you. If you need them to knock at your door or somebody else's door, these are the guys. So again, check them out on their Google page at Preferred Services. We also have our sponsors, thank you to HTC Construction in Ontario, California. Uh, they're a national leader in commercial construction with a proven track record of expertise in cold storage solutions and epoxy flooring. Their team works closely with you to efficiently meet all compliance standards while maintaining budget commitments and completing projects on time. HCC Construction works with Fortune 500 companies and small businesses throughout the country In the areas of steel stud framing refrigeration panels dock doors comprehensive drain systems fire sprinklers block walls and much more if you have any modernization or full service construction needs for your business hdc construction is here to help for bids quotes or a free consultation call 909-626-0214 or visit their website at www.hdconstruction.com
0: Okay, so those are our sponsors. We're gonna get back to our episode and thank you so much. So do, do you go to gyms and, and get in the ring still? Or, or... I do, I do. I'm fortunate, you know,
1: being in Orange County, we've got a lot of boxing clubs. Yeah. But um, for me, if, if it's been three, four weeks since I've did my last event, I, I, I wanna get in and do some sparring. I wanna get in and move around with some fighters. So I've been very lucky in Santa Ana, we've got a, a, a boxing club. Um, real close to my son's high school, so I'll go there a little early and I'll jump in the ring with those guys. My son goes to much. modern day, no? He does, he goes to modern day high school. Awesome school. Yeah. Football player, yeah. And volleyball, yeah. In volleyball. Fact, he's a better volleyball player. But just as handsome as dad too, man. Nah, he's better looking. Huh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's that's my that's my thing. And then Ray, after the event, you know, like I said, we've got a great group of guys uh, that we hang out with and, and some some female officials, but you know, we all can clown afterwards and have a great time. Yeah. You know, we clown before the event and, and we get on each other, but I'll tell you, that bell rings, everybody's serious and we're, yeah. we're all on the same page, and, and it's all about the fighters and, and making sure we give them a good show. But after the event, you know, we'll go out and then I go home, Ray, after that. You know, the first two, three years, it took me two hours just to come down from that high. But I go home and I swear, I thank God. I thank God that both those fighters, or if I had four fights that night, eight fighters went home safe. They're with their families. Um, you know, hopefully I've made the right decisions and I, and I haven't affected their careers in a negative way. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I do, I, I, thank, I thank God that, that we're put into a position where literally we have two people's lives in our hands and, and we uh, hopefully have saved some people that uh, didn't need to take unnecessary punishment. Ha,
0: have you ever been accused, Tom, of, of stopping a fight too late or too early? Too early. Too early, huh? Too early,
1: yeah. It was a very big fight in Fantasy Springs. And it was uh, L1 Soto against uh, uh, Angel uh, Acosta. Acosta was a champion, 12 round championship fight. Acosta was a champion, he went down twice in the earlier rounds, one in the third, and once again in the fifth or sixth, but he was ahead on the scorecards. So your champion's been down twice, he's ahead on the scorecards going into the 12th and final round. All right? Oh wow, the last round even. Last round. Both fighters come out and uh, Angel gets just stung by Soto, and he literally, he, you know the term we use, posture, yeah. he, he froze like this. And I saw him freeze like that right up against the ropes, and I made the split second decision to jump in, Ray, yeah. and I stopped it. And everybody went crazy. Um, you know, the champion, you're stopping a champion, you gotta let him go out on his shield. You know, and I get all that, but uh, a couple things happened after that. Um, you know, I had 50% of the people just saying, terrible stoppage, how could you do that to a champion? 50% of the people in the press, they great stoppage. You saved that guy from just getting nailed. And, you know, I, I had a lot of people I needed to talk to. The nice thing was the WBO was the uh, sanctioning body that night, and they actually sent a letter and made a call to uh, our chief, uh, our, our executive officer saying, we like the stoppage. He, he made the right move. Yeah, um, I
0: didn't hear any, I but anything but like But I'll God. tell you, I
1: took a lot of criticism online from, you know, these people who just Unfortunately, don't understand Cap, what we Monday do. morning quarterbacks. Monday morning quarterbacks. Any hey, they have a right to be. They yep. they pay to yeah, watch it. They they want to be entertained and see it. But we're, we're we're This isn't the '50s, '60s, and '70s where we want to see guys go and get completely obliterated. This isn't a, the you know Rocky '16 where we're where guys are taking unnecessary blows yeah, on yeah. and just ruining their lives. But and, you and know, mind
0: you, we we go to training every, about every six months. Yeah. Uh, a couple of times, Tom's been been our trainer. So you know. We're always training. As far as I know, I'm not bad-mouthing the other states, but we, we I, I don't know
1: anybody who does more training yeah, than we do. Yeah, California. And, and then, you know, as fortunate as we are, you know, with Jack starting sole Arbiter, you know, it's to be part of that and, and uh, to do that uh, additional training where, you know, we can help that entry-level referee coming in all the way up to the guys who have, you know, 100, 200 fights on their belt that want to get to that very next top level and start doing world title fights. So it, that's a great opportunity as well. But uh, going back to that Soto fight, yeah, took a lot of criticism for that. Um, the nice thing is, Ray, you know, like I said, it was split down the middle. Half the people hated it. Half the people loved it. Um, you know, two things happened after that that, that made me feel kind of good. Um, you know, it was a Golden Boy fighter. He was the champion. It was promoted by Golden Boy. And uh, I worked an event a week later with him. And I, and I asked uh, uh, Eric, uh, Eric Diaz uh, if we could talk. Uh, you know, before the event started. And we went to a private room and I said, listen, I know there was a lot of emotions going on last week. I know there was a lot of, uh, you know, there was your champion. I said, but you guys asked me a lot to be on these events. And I said, I hope you can understand that because of that judgment I've used in past, that's what I saw that night. And, And coming from a promoter, he said, you know what, because it was you in that ring, I walked away because I didn't want to say something because the emotions were high that night. He goes, a lot of other guys that were in here, I may have gone off and gone crazy, he goes, but because you were in there and we do respect you know, your decision, because we always get a fair fight from you and no matter what, you never favor anybody. He goes, I had to walk away because of that. And, and I felt good about that. Yeah. And then the second thing was, you know, um, there was a, a photographer who saw, he was at that fight ringside on the side where I stopped the fight. And he said, I've got a picture for you that you need. And he pulls out this picture. And it's literally Soto. He's got his arm like this. And you see every vein. And all you see is Acosta's is, uh, head right here. And he's this close to, to nailing him where he's not defending himself as I jump in. And he says, if you need any proof that you did the right thing, that's it right there. And I'm like, wow. you know, and the good thing is, Ray, is we can sit here and debate. Was it one punch too early? Was it one punch too late? But what we're not saying is... It was one punch too late, and the guy's sipping, you know, soup through a straw right now, and he's learning how to, how to talk and walk I, and, and, I, and write again.
0: I tend to, I, I, you know, I keep kicking that horse, the Richard Colon fight, you know, and I personally think this is just me, Ray Corona talking, nobody else. I personally think the referee was doing something else, but that poor kid, Richard Colon, he'll never be the same, you know? He'll the never be the saddest video same. I saw
1: it was, what, his birthday was a month ago? Yes and they try to help him blow out a candle on his cake. And it's like, people don't get it, you know? We're in that ring and we are. We're, we're, we're there to save two guys from any unnecessary punishment. And, and our job is to make sure they go home to their families. And we take it very serious, but there's another element to it where, you know, we've got the stakeholders. You know, we talk about it a lot, you know, the stakeholders out there, stakeholders are his family. They've got time invested in him, him or her being away from them. And, and all the struggles they go through coming up through the ranks. You know, you got the promoter who's got, obviously tons of money into this. The TV network, the fans who paid money to, to be ringside or even be in the arena. And then you got your fans on TV that if it's a pay-per-view. So we've got so much to think about in there. And then on top of it, this guy's fighting for, let's say it's a title fight or, or it's an eliminator, or let's say he's 18, 19 and 0, and, and he's trying to get to that next level. And it's like, God, if you do something just, just a little wrong, you knock him down. And he's got to do what? Three, four, five more fights, thousands, 2000 more punches to get back to that level. So it's his ability or her ability to earn a living for their family that we have to take in consideration. And it's a lot. I mean, people think we go in there and as long as you can count to 10, you're a fucking referee. Well, no guys, it's not that, you know, there's so much involved into what we do and the philosophy behind what we do. But then you got that personal element too is Jesus, man, you can't, you know, why let a guy keep taking a beating if he doesn't have to just to let him finish a fight or yeah? some or, guys are too tough for them to, their own self you know we see it all the time rain we see it all the time when we got in and I, I saw the podcast earlier with you and jack but we see it all the time with fighters with their fathers in the corner you know they'll never want to
0: stop for their for their fathers and, 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 my, and that's when we become a surrogate
1: father so to speak where we gotta
0: tom's actually refereed my own son you know and and man it's uh i'm stressed out you see me yeah, before i see you both I in the corner and, I, and i'll out. tell you I don't hear
1: nothing, but that woman right there screaming away. And, and I'll tell you, she's, I, I want her on my side of with boxing because she's, she's a great motivator. But, but you know, as a referee, and, and you've got one of your great friends and their son is in there, there's, there's extra pressure. But you know what? I don't give a shit because I felt honored that you guys had asked me to be that referee for him because you knew, number one, he was going to be taken care of. Number two, he's going to get a fair fight.
0: And, and to be honest, let, let me stop. I asked for... Tom to be the referee, So, for the sole reason, he'll stop it in time. At least that's my confidence in it. I'm not worried about him uh, scolding my son or my son breaks a rule or does a foul. I just keep my son safe. And if my son gets mad at me or gets mad at Tom, so be it. I just don't want my wife being mad at Tom. No, I you know I don't what I mean? If that. it goes the wrong way. Trust me. And you know what? I'd that, have to sleep with one eye open the rest of my life. That's right, that's right. <laughs> but yeah. So has anybody been hurt bad with you in your uh, You know, knock on that wood, other
1: than, other than Sergei um, Lukovic going down into convulsions, but that's something that can't be avoided. That was a one punch just from one of the heav- heaviest hitters in, in boxing history. You know, he took it right to the temple, and he went down and convulsed. But And educate
0: the fans real quick, Tom. Some of these fighters come from the gym to the fight hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. And that's one thing that I look for, um, you know, on that ring walk, you know, when they they get that announcement and they're walking into the ring, you know, I'm hey, looking at them. Let me they,
0: yeah. Look at Tom when he's refereeing and when he, when the bell rings, you'll see Tom looking at the guy, the way he's walking. He, I notice that yeah. a lot. I always look, is there a limp?
1: Yeah. Is there a grimace? Is there, you know, when they're putting the Vaseline on, does he, does he do this or does he do that? Because maybe he's a little tender in the eyes or around the nose or, or the chin. You know, you, you look for the little things. Um, but when it comes down to it, Ray, they're fighters. I mean, it's, it's, it's a brutal this sport. Is, this is a brutal sport. It's a hurt sport. Like I said, even the winners are going to get hurt. The winners come out with marks on their face and they're hurt. But uh, it's, a, it's a sport they've chosen to, 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 to learn to, and, and to make money for their families. And it's our job to give them the best we can in there and, and uh, make sure that at least they get out of there safely.
0: Right, Tom, you want to. Give a shout out to anybody. But. You know, um,
1: Ray, I got I to gotta tell you, you know, and, and again, we, we screw around with each other all the time. We joke and we, we kid. Um, but it takes a lot of balls to do what you're doing here. And and when you first told me about this, I'm like, Ray, doing a podcast? Get the fuck out of here. But uh, I'll tell you, that, that first one I saw with Jack, I thought, wow, man, that thing looks really cool. And it looks, I'm, I'm glad you asked me and, and felt honored that you asked me to be part of it. Um, but just the, you know, the people in the sport, uh, the mentors I've had, you know, starting with David Mendoza and, and God rest his soul again. And, and, and real quick, if I can go back to that story about David, you know, his wife called me one time and said that they were in Tahoe. I'm sorry, not Tahoe, they were at the river. And uh, they were, uh, you know, boating and fishing and doing whatever. And then they went to the bar at night and just so happens fights were on uh, ESPN. Oh. And uh trying not to get choked up. But uh, they were watching the fights and i had the main event on espn and uh she said the look on david's face was like one of a father watching his son yeah. and he said and david he she said david never looked at him he said he's just staring at tv and he says look at him look at how he's controlling that ring look at his spacing look at this and look at that and look what he's doing and she said it was such a pride thing that david was experiencing that night of it's, it was like a father son thing, and, I, and i'll I'll never never be able to thank him enough. And I t- used to tell him that all the time when he was alive, you know, what can I do for you? What, you know, anything. And uh, friendship,
0: sometimes that's all and, you need. And, yeah. and,
1: and, you know, he was a complicated guy. A lot of people didn't understand David. Um, for some reason, he and I clicked really, really well. I understood his- I, I, uh, I,
0: We were good with, me and him yeah. were good with each other too. He but was then, cool. But then to
1: come in and then to meet Jack and Pat and you and even Jerry and, you know, guys who, they really just—they want to leave the sport better than when they first came in, and that's what we should—we should aim to. And you know, sports fans out there, you know, we appreciate you guys. We love you guys, uh, male and female. It's great to go to an event, and people want to take pictures with you, and this and that. But you know, please understand the pressures we're under. You know, we've got—you um, know, unlike the '60s and '70s, even the '80s and even the '90s, you know, you had to read about what happened at a fight unless you were there. Now before Ray and I step out of that ring, there's enough people tweeting, Twitter, this, that, boom, bang, bing. There's five or six articles written by the time our feet hit the ground outside the ring. You know, and whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, it's just a different atmosphere now. So we're under a completely different level of scrutiny, um, pressure, and as fans, again, I think, you know, we talked about this earlier. I think it's our job to be ambassadors to this beautiful sport this, this sweet science that we call it, that, that all I can ask for is, you know and the fans have been great about this, but I'll have people come up to me sometimes at Fantasy Springs or in a crowd, and, hey, why did you do this? And, and you should do it. And, and I let them speak their piece. And then I'll, in a calm voice, because I never want to combat them, because it's their right. They have a right to have an opinion. Shit. But what they don't know, they don't know. So it's our job to educate them and not demean them or not talk down to them, but I'll tell them, hey, I appreciate your thoughts, but here is why I did what I did and here's the philosophy behind it. And I'll break it down or I'll break down a rule for them. And Ray, they come into it like this and then as you're talking, you see those shoulders drop and they look at you and they go, I never thought it, I never knew that. And then the last thing I always say to them is, now do me a favor, you know it, now tell five of your friends and tell your other boxing friends and you can be the educator. So you know, don't be afraid to come to us because we welcome the questions we welcome you know and and if if you want to criticize have at it but give us that opportunity to explain why we do what we do and the philosophy behind it and i think it's going to make a more educated fan where people can understand us a little bit more and and have a little more empathy about just what what kind of pressures we have in there
0: well there it is fans tom taylor i just want to thank you guys for tuning in uh again go on youtube uh, Ref Popeye Ray or Third Man in the Ring podcast and subscribe, tell your friends. I want to thank uh, Ben Lira. My, my, I didn't have a dad growing up, but Ben Lira was my dad. South Omani Jim, and we just want to thank you and again, tell a friend. God bless, guys.
1: Thanks, Ray.